0: Welcome back to the Nobleman Podcast. Today, we continue our conversation with Chris Jackson on the importance of being with one another and the impact that Christians can and should have in the workplace. Now, um, so you've mentioned C12 a couple of times. I know a little bit about that. Um, so this is what God has you doing currently. It is a business. So you are you are in the South Alabama area, working with a couple of groups of guys, business owners, to help them apply Christian principles, biblical principles to business ownership. Is that a fair assessment of how C Twelve is focused?
1: Yeah. With C Twelve, our, our our vision really is that we want to change the world through promoting the gospel in the marketplace. And yeah. so we believe that if, in order to, to do that, our companies, our businesses have to grow and to be pro- prosperous. So there is no mission without margin is one of the things that we say. So we're really serious about growing businesses to where, you know, our members can see their businesses grow through being a, being a part of C12, but also applying that faith to help them to see that just maybe we can use our skills and our gift sets in our businesses, to, to promote the gospel. Um, an average business touches the lost and dying world, you know, 10 times as much as, as your local church. Right. And so if we are serious about, we want to change culture, we want to impact society. What better place to do that than through, uh, through the marketplace and through businesses?
0: Yeah, I don't remember the exact quote, but I think it was Billy Graham that said that the the future of evangelism is in the marketplace. It's not in the church pews. And 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 I know I've butchered that, but I think he he kind of pushed that out as a sentiment yeah. that we've got to get busy taking the gospel into the marketplace.
1: Yeah, he and Henry Blackwell both said that that they believe that the next coming revival or the great next move of God would be through the marketplace. Yeah. And nah, so you're nah, seeing never. that
0: happen I D- that. tell me about some guys that you're working with there and some stories because you were telling me some stories about some guys who were uh, seeing some things happen in their business seeing God move because they're around other godly men who are pressing on them to apply biblical principles in their in the workplace so so give me a couple of stories about that
1: yeah there's some there's so many stories that I'm seeing already just men that um, maybe, you know, their gift set is business and things of that nature. And sometimes they don't see well, how do I fit into this, to this box that we created that's church? How do we, how do I fit into this? And they're never taught really that you're, you don't, there is no box one thing, but right. that, that your gift set in business is, is no less a calling than, than the guy sitting in the pulpit. You know, we all right. have callings in our life and that, that is your calling. And we've seen guys really dive into their faith because they, they've been told that, that, hey, this is part of God's calling on your life. This is why He give you this, that he's given you this gift set. And um, some things that we promote um, is like one thing is chaplaincy, where people bring chaplains into their business. And, and we've seen tremendous success through that, where, you know, today we know in society that church attendance is on the decline. We know that civic involvement, like, like through civic clubs and things like that, are on the decline. So if people don't have those institutions in their life, but they have work, well, they still have problems. They still have issues that come up, whether it's with their families, with their children, whether their sickness, whatever. And for the, for a person's workplace to be able to, to come in and say, I know you're hurting. You know, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about yeah some things that, that's helped me. Can yeah, be really, really
0: valuable, really, really valuable. Absolutely, and it can also I be love... valuable to the business, right? Because you you start working on employee satisfaction, employee retention, employee health, um, and and your employees become a family. They become right. part of the family, and and there's, so there's a different level of commitment there. I think as a business owner begins to care for his employees the way that jesus cared for his people a shepherd cares for them sheep and so um yeah that can change the dynamics pretty quickly i would yeah. think
1: it can change the culture of the workplace really quickly yeah and, and, and that is what it is it's, it's the business owner learning how to love his people has yeah. loved the church in um in a way that he's probably never thought of before
0: well and i would think That there are times when business owners can flex their muscles and they can get loud and they can kind of be the heavy, be the boss. And I got to believe that being with some other godly men on a regular basis will remind you from time to time that you've got you've got a witness and you're either going to live it well or you're going to corrupt it in front of these people. And so you can you can make the gospel attractive or you can make it repulsive just by the way you live out your work as the owner of a company or the the leader of an organization in that way. Is that, do you find guys talking about that?
1: Absolutely. You know, the old saying is it's lonely at the top. Yeah. And um, It's lonely and the pressures there are unique. So oftentimes guys that are in our groups, there's nowhere else that they can really share about the pressures there under where someone understands that right. and, uh, in our group, you can share that. And so it doesn't feel like you're carrying it all by yourself.
0: Yeah. Now I know that um, C-12, you're doing it there in South Alabama, but, but give us a little perspective. This is a nationwide, if not global organization, right? So if someone hears us talking about C-12 and they say, Hey, I would like to have those types of relationships in my life. How could they go about finding out more about C-12 in their area? Yeah,
1: really simple. You just go to um, joinc12.com as the website. and right. um, But, yeah, we're, we're a, a global company. Um, last I heard, I think we have 3,500 members. Um, this year um, has seen tremendous growth. I think we're, we're growing by um, just this year. We're growing by about 100 business people a month. Um, wow, so we're seeing a lot of a lot of growth, and and who knows what God might be up to? And that's something I, I, yeah. I ask guys a lot. I said, "What what might God do? You know, what yeah. might God do when a group of guys like this get together? And what might God do with this network of Christian business people all over the world? Just what might God do? And yeah. maybe we're seeing this growth right now because we're being set up for this move of God that Billy Graham and, and Henry, Henry Black we talked about. Who knows?
0: Yeah. And so this is just another iteration of this with concept. You are with some other guys who are like-minded, who are like uh, similar giftings, and you're able to walk out the Christian life with those guys and encourage them, and uh, encourage them to be with Christ in their in their lives as well. Yeah,
1: you know, it's interesting to me that uh, that that we are so lonely today, and it's yeah. interesting that. You know, one of the things, I think that's all a ploy of the enemy. Um, The enemy wants us to be alone. And uh, in in some ways that feels so natural today, but God never intended on us being alone. He always intended on us being with him and with one another. Yeah. And and, and with one another in in ways that that we're not used to um, today. I tell our guys pretty regularly in our meetings that the danger of a group of guys getting together like that is that we turn it into – like most men's group where you say, Hey Mike, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Everybody's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. Or turning like the rotary, you
1: know, Hey Mike, how's your business? Just busy, just busy. Yeah. And we've never gotten beneath the surface or we've never gotten to our real issues going on. And, um, uh, so I always challenge every month, our guys to let's, let's, let's risk vulnerability. And yeah. that's what this, this walk of faith is really about. Is about taking risk.
0: Well, and that's what we've got to do. If, if, and I, I keep telling guys that every man I know wants the value that he knows he would get with a friend of 15 years, that where they've walked together for 15 years. But most guys are not willing to invest 15 years to get there, but you're never going to get it without investing that time. So the best thing to do is start where you are and be a friend or a mentor or an encourager to someone so that down the road that, relationship that friendship that the experience that comes with being with someone for that length of time the knowledge that you have of what questions to ask because there's so many guys that will weasel out of stuff because you don't know what questions to ask them but if you know a pointed question to ask a guy then it's hard for him to uh to deviate too far that's
1: right yeah that's, so um i, I heard this the other day uh, i think it was uh, a guy i had lunch with he said that um uh, that he who asks the best questions controls the conversation. Do you remember who
0: may have said that? I don't remember. Really <laughs> that. <Or>, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Hey, let me let me venture into a space that might be a, a, a little uncomfortable for you. I know that your father passed away recently. Okay. And uh, when we were together, it was interesting for me to hear you tell the story of two friends that came and sat with your father, and were just, they were with him in his final days, and what a blessing it was for you to see these men step into that hard place and be present with your dad, mm-hmm. I, I, and I know you have great love for your dad, and you're investing well in your sons, so, so tell me about what this with looks like in the generations of Jackson men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was it was interesting, and um, it should not have been surprising. But uh, Daddy's last week on, on this earth um, were tough, and um, every day my story was, I don't think he'll make it through the day. But um, he did. He lasted another week. But he he had a friend that's that's local here, and another friend from North Carolina that um, that both the friend from North Carolina. I don't, I'm not sure he left other than to, to run, take a shower and come right back. And was there, yeah. um, my, my brother and the rest of our family, we were sleeping in recliners and everywhere else. And he was in there with us. He never left. And the guy that was local, he would leave and go home at night, but he'd be back the next day. Yeah. And, um, and both of those guys, one is a pastor and he actually preached at his funeral, but, uh, both of those guys was with him right to the end. And I thought... You know what a blessing that yeah. is. You know, we—I've heard men talk about they didn't—they didn't know if they would have six men that would that could be their pallbearers at their funeral, but right. so they sit with them and sit with their families all the way to the end. And and that was that was the blessing to me is these these two friends sat with my daddy, but they, they also sat with the family, right? And, uh, and they were not family, but they were like family. And right. The strength and encouragement we got from that was was indescribable and and invaluable
0: what a picture of being with someone and uh in that hard season and boy you know that that just that story may be an encouragement for some guys to step out of their comfort zone and go care for someone who's in a hard space because it, it really is the ministry of presence right sometimes you don't have to say much as a matter of fact you do more harm than good sometimes when you open your mouth i know i do and and so it's just being present.
1: Honestly, in a week, and this is this is not an insult or anything. I'm not throwing rocks at these two guys because I love them both. I don't remember anything they said. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember <laughs> anything. They, they were not spouting wisdom or anything, or maybe if they were, I missed it. But um, yeah, I just I remember their presence. I
0: yeah, being there. Wow. Now, I want to talk about because you've got several sons. How were you investing in your sons and mentoring them? Uh, fathering is a unique form of mentorship, but I know you do trips with your boys. I mean, we've we've kind of done some similar things to share high adventure and, and uh, awesome experiences with our boys. So tell me a little bit about what that's looked like in your family as a way of inspiring some other guys to think about the impact of this.
1: Well, I can tell you it was a lot easier – um, when they were a lot younger,
0: <laughs> yeah. now
1: they're all about growing and they're all leaving me, but, um, yeah, that is one of the ways that we, that we mentor our kids. That's one of the ways that we've chosen to do that is through trips. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you know, when you go on a trip, you, you are with one another and right. particularly outdoor trips, because outdoor trips, you, they seem to stress you a little bit. Um, right. you're out in the elements and, uh, and so that's something that, um, that we've chosen to do their whole life. Uh, right. From the time they were very young until, you know, just, um, um, last, well, two weeks ago, I met one of my sons. We went to North Georgia and does some fly fishing up there. And we're taking all of them to on a Christmas trip this year. Uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas, we're going to, um, go do some skiing and stuff. So, wow. You know, that's, you know, just trying to continue to be with them. It does get harder as, as they are becoming their own adult life. You know, they're trying to create their own adult lives. Sure. And, um, you know, it's harder harder to do, but you know, one of the things I, I ask God regularly is what do they need from me? You know, yeah, I, you know, what is each specific one, my oldest one, my next one I I ask God, I said, What does he need from me?
0: Yeah. You know, it's been interesting to
1: see what God has shown me at different times of what they need from me. Um, and because it changes. It changes.
0: Wow, that is such a rich prayer. Because we have a tendency to think that if we're going to be fair, we have to do the same thing for every one of them. But that's not the way God works. It's not the way we should operate as fathers or even as friends, because our our various friends, the various people in our lives are going to need different things at different times. And so to have a sensitivity to, the spirit to say, okay, what does this situation call for from me? God, what can I do to speak into this or to speak into his life? Um, boy, that's another way of being with God so that you can be effective when you're with your son or with a friend. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Powerful stuff. Yeah. So, wow. Well, I've loved the conversation about with that's, uh, that's interesting. And, uh, man it's just a great reminder so Chris any final thoughts or anything to share with our guys about about how to be with other people and the value of that
1: you know I would just focus on you know we do a lot of things to I ask guys regularly tell me about your wall of Christ tell me about tell about your relationship and usually at that point they tell me a lot about what they are doing Mm -hmm. um but what I encourage guys to do is to is to back up a little bit, slow down on all the devotions you are doing, all the books you're reading and just focus on being with God in whatever you're doing and abide with him. You know, that that time abiding, sometimes it seems like you're not doing anything, but it's valuable, it's so rich and so rich. Uh, my wife and I just got back from a time together, just a little retreat where we were, you know, spending some time together and we did do some things together. But the, the richness of the trip was just the time we were, we were with one another. Yeah. And, um, and I just encourage guys to do that. Focus on that time together with God or being with him and involve him throughout the day.
0: So unpack that. What does, what does being with God look like for Chris Jackson? What's, what's a routine strategy for Chris Jackson for being with God and practicing his presence?
1: Well, one thing, um, I've learned, uh, through my work with, with 10 man, which is another whole, another story is being more aware of your heart and living from your heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God asked Adam a very important question. That question was, where are you? Yeah. And so what I try to do is I try to start my day with my quiet time of asking the question, where am I? Hmm. And that question could be, I'm anxious. It could mean it could. You know, I'm I'm feeling shame. It could, a lot of different things. I'm lonely. Um, Yesterday, um, being Father's Day, you know, I was lonely for my dad, you know, because he's not here. You know, I was hurting because, you know, my kids, they weren't all here. Right. You know, not from anything that that they could control, just, you know, situations of life. But being able to take those feelings to God of, of loneliness and hurt, God meets us there in um, that's, that's the best thing I can do to, to be able to be with God is understand how I need him in the moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, just before I come on here, come on, come on here with you. I was nervous and, you know, <laughs> tell God, you know, that's where I am right now. I'm nervous. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to see Mike and talk to Mike, but I'm nervous about saying the right things. And oh so my God. Goodness. I need you to meet me
0: there. And, yeah.
1: Um, and I know that you will, but, but help my unbelief.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I love that. Listen, there's no need for you to be nervous. You are a blessing to me and this is so much fun. Well, I'm going to I'm going to call this to a close. Um any final things? I've already asked you that once, but I'll ask it again.
1: Any any final final things?
0: Final things. Yeah, we sound like a preacher trying to shut down a sermon. That's don't. Right. We? Right. One more verse. One more verse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, brother, thank you so much for investing time. You did great. You shouldn't have been nervous, and we might have to do this again, but um, it's great fun. We'll point people to C12 and um, to your information in case they want to touch base with you, but thank you for reminding us of the power of abiding and being with the Lord and being with other men. It's been a great blessing for us, so appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mike. Good to be here. All right. Well, folks, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Nobleman Podcast. We've been with Chris Jackson from Andalusia, Alabama, and the C12 Group. So uh, we will look forward to having you again next week for another episode of the Nobleman Podcast. God bless you, folks.